Let the show begin. Damn, y'all feel it? Oh. This is the Finesse Media Podcast, Season 3. Check it out. The number one show focusing on HBCU news. Hey. With guests, entertainment, Ladies and, and surprise co-hosts. Put them in an awkward situation. Now, here is your host, Ken Finesse Media. Episode of the Finesse Media Podcast, Season 3. I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media, giving it to you again as a brand new day approaches. And just like each and every week on Finesse Media Podcast, we talk to people that's finessing the game. And this week, I cannot wait for you guys to hear the interview with Anwan Jamison, actor, producer, director, writer for the upcoming film, Coming to America. I cannot wait for y'all to listen uh, to the interview and uh, hear the things that we talk about on this upcoming episode. Uh, Juan Jameson, man, I had a great time uh, speaking with you and come back uh, again on the Finesse Media uh, Podcast. And also on the Finesse Media Podcast, we highlight and spotlight HBCU. So just like uh, I told you before, I am an alumni of the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, the flagship of the Delta. And shout out to my sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Naturally Pretty. If you need some natural hair products, uh, ladies and guys, last week our sponsor, uh, and just one of the sponsors is Beauty Blends by Jasmine. Uh, Check that out. But we'll continue on with Naturally Pretty. If you, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, guys for the beards, if you need you some natural products, man, make sure you check out Naturally Pretty. That's naturally, P-R-I-T-T.com, naturallypretty.com. CEO owner, Vanessa, check her out. Hit her website up. Let her know Finesse Media Podcast sent you. So, again, each and every week on the Finesse Media Podcast, we highlight HBCUs. And so this week, our HBCU of the week, is coming from the Alabama, the capital A state, Alabama. Alabama A&M, you are HBCU of the week. Let's get into it. Historically black colleges and universities commonly called HBCUs are defined by the Higher Education Act of 1965 as any historically black college or university that was established prior to 1964 whose principle was and is the education of black Americans and that is accredited by a nationally recognized accrediting agency or association determined by the Secretary of Education. It's now time for the Finesse Media Podcast, HBCU of the Week. Hey. And that's it. 
Alabama A&M University is our HBCU of the week, also known as Alabama Agricultural and Mechanical University. Alabama A&M is a public, historically black, land-grant university in Normal, Alabama. Founded in 1870 as the Normal School, it took its present name in 1969. AA-MU, as some will say, is a member of the School of Thurgood Marshall College Fund and is accredited by the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. Alabama Agricultural and Mechanical University Historic District, also known as Hill College Historic District, has 28 buildings and four structures listed in the United States National Registrar of Historic Places. Make some noise once again for our HBCU of the week, Alabama A&M University. That's what's up. That's what's up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I also say if you want your HBCU to be spotlighted on the Finesse Media Podcast, hit us up, finessemediapodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on Apple, iHeart, or Spotify, or Google Play, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button, the follow button, whatever link it gives you, so that you'll be notified when new episodes are released. Uh, And if you're listening to us or watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And also hit that bell, too, so you'll be notified when new episodes drop. Um, Each interview will be a virtual interview. So, again, coming up next on the episode of Finesse Media Podcast, episode two is the writer-director, Arwan Jameson. Can't wait to speak to that brother and talk about his new film, Coming to Africa. The film was shot in Africa, I think, so I certainly want to talk about that. And then he... um, Worked with one of the lead actresses in Africa or in Ghana. Um, I can't think of her name. I think something brown, but we'll talk about that too. Uh, this brother also has done some work at, uh, in Arkansas, teaching uh, in Arkansas. Uh, but he's from Racine, Wisconsin. So from Chicago, I am. Y'all know that. So he's talking to another Midwestern. I might get a chance to ask him about that. So I'm Juan Jameson. His interview is coming up soon on the Finesse Media Podcast Season 3, and it's definitely going down for a music blend. We'll take it in, and we'll be back with something brand new. Thank you. Oh, 
is going down, y'all. It's going down. Like I say, Finesse Media Podcast Season 3. I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media. And in making sure that this is a good episode, y'all, I have prepared uh, a great guest. This episode, we're talking to Vanessa Armwan Jameson. Can't wait to talk to that brother and about all the things he's been working on with this new film. Uh, I know it was supposed to uh, hit in Memphis in May. So you folks out in Memphis, I know y'all missed uh, missed it, but I think it's coming back, and we'll be talking to him real soon about it. So um, follow us on all of our social media pages, at Finesse Media on Instagram. Uh, we're at Finesse Media on Twitter. And then if you're on YouTube, uh, search the Finesse Media podcast. Hey, what's going Make on, you subscribe. Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How sound are you? I sound, sound fantastic. I can't see you, but I, I can definitely hear you. Oh, you can't see me? No, I can't see oh, you. Oh, let me get a. Uh, oh, no, oh, okay. I'm tripping. <laughs> you got me now? What's going on? What's going on, man? Not too much. You good? Welcome to the Finesse Media Podcast, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Man, it's good to have you on, man. I was just sitting back here. If you can check out uh, my background here, man, I was checking out the trailer. Uh, for coming uh, come to America. I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. It's, I must have did my job with it then. That's, the trailer got a great response, man, so I think I captured what I, you know, the essence of what the movie is with that. Man, the people, uh, the actress, the lead actress, I can't think of her name, um, but let me jump right into it, man, and jump right into the interview. I'm I'm getting to what I know I want to talk to you about this upcoming movie. I had not heard about the film. Uh, shout out to Alicia, who's your representative, man. She reached out to me and said, hey, this is a good, you know, project and, uh, you know, a good brother behind it. So uh, tell us a little about uh, about the project. Uh, again, the name of the movie, Coming to Africa, right? Um, coming to Africa, but tell my listeners about uh, this film and what they should expect about the film, because it is shot right in Africa as well. Yeah, it is, and, and don't don't feel bad about the coming to America slips. Everybody do it. The crew, everybody. It's hard <laughs> not to, but that's a little bit of the point I wanted to get across. But the movie has been years in the making. It's something that I really wanted to make on the, on the most basic level, the most fundamental level, just to show a whole different side of Africa than we grow up seeing over here. And I keep saying now it's cool that with some of the platforms, a lot of African filmmakers getting a chance to get, they work across, you know, to the States and different places so they can tell their own story. So this generation to see a little more, but we didn't have that. So when I learned certain things and knew um, life in Ghana through, uh, through family and through people I dealt with, I said the most powerful way that I could get the point across instead of just telling people, look, there's cities. There's this, there's that. We really can connect. Some of the things that I had read about, some of the things that I, you know, heard other people say was to put it in the form of a movie. So that was the, the basic fundamental thing I wanted to do was just show city life, regular life in the side of Africa we had never seen. Yeah, because the looking at the trailer, again, um, you, you see so many different um, beautiful architects and the buildings. Uh, and it, it just seems like a really great, I mean, obviously a good culture. It's, it's a culture that I, I'm glad you were able to give us insight on. Uh, this movie, how long did it take you guys to, wait, I think I read, wait a minute, there's a couple things I wanted to mention to you. A whole crew of folks, but five people from America, that was the only people that you guys had brought over to, to do the work on, along with the, it seems like, Africa class, uh, cast. 
uh, but and partners. But it was just five of you all who traveled over there to do this film. And then also, how long did this film take? Uh, my assistant director, Frank, uh, director of photography, Ellis Fowler, my guy, and Power and Future, uh, who my cousins, they're the ones paved the way for this. They're the ones started going to Ghana back in 2006. And my cousin Power, you know, he would bring back videos and bring back pictures and email me things and show me certain things that were going on. So I got to say, they're the ones who really laid the foundation and built the bridge to make it happen. So we went over there and we cast everyone else over there because mm. it's a story that uh, primarily takes place in Ghana. So, uh, you know, there were only uh, two actor spots for Americans, you know, at least in the, the Ghanaian mm. scene. So over there, they had auditions. Uh, P.Y., the producer, he, he led that up. They had the, the, the auditions when I got there. So everyone auditioned. We sat down, watched the footage when I got there. Great actors and actresses I had the ability to choose from. Some of the ones, Nanama McBrown, who you were talking about, the lead actress, yeah. uh, who's in there, they were people who I was aware of previously that were on my wish list of people who to try to get. I was fortunate enough to be able to get them. No kidding, no kidding. I've seen her, man. She seems uh, very down to earth. I, I looked at what I can see uh, on the trailer of, of her, her, her style and talent. And you found her before you, you started this film. What made you choose her for this role? Well, the, the first Ghanaian movie I always tell people, around the time that uh, I first started thinking about doing this movie, I was in film school, and there was a movie called Beyonce, the President's Daughter. And uh, <laughs> it was a Ghanaian movie, and it was this whole series, and, and I got a hold of it from a store over here. It wasn't too many people saw it over here, but they had a little cult following of people who saw it. You would catch it at a store or something. Okay. So that was my introduction to Ghanaian cinema. And some of the, the actors and the actresses in there I was aware of. So from there, I kind of followed the scene. You know, as I started thinking that one day I would do a movie over there, I would read the blogs, I would get a hold of whatever goddamn movies I could get. You know, some would be on YouTube, but a lot of them weren't in wide distribution. But I would get what I can. So in keeping up with the scene, she was on my wish list. You know, when I say over there, she's, I can't really describe it, but. Um, she's the, the, the biggest star in Ghana, hands yeah. down. And I, I say that humbly. She would say it humbly. So to be able to get her, man, it, it was a big thing. And, and she blessed the project. Like you said, very down to earth and cool, the presence she brought to the set. And I mean, just over there, I mean, it's Conan O'Brien, when he did the Conan Without Border, some people saw that. You know, he went over there and was on her show. But a few weeks after that is when we shot. So they oh. were telling us the story. But when Conan O'Brien went there, he reached out to her. Like, can we get on her show? Oh wow! Homework. He knows who to touch down with. So, so that's you know that's the that's uh, the type of person she is, and she brought that presence, man. So I was I was fortunate enough to be able to get it. Sweet. And when can we expect this movie? Because the trailer is is is, is intense, and uh, it's a good tease. It was 17 minutes in, and I was like, wait. Well, no, actually, I take it back. Not the trailer. I I watched a 17 minute uh, making. And I think I, I landed on day three, man. Y'all was working your butts off. Working yeah. your butts off. Everybody sing humble. The, the girl you just, the actress you just spoke about, she was sitting there so humble and, and having makeup done. And, but when is this film set to release? Man, you'll be able to see it in November. So we got some big things coming up no that right. I can't speak on yet. But when you come to, go to comingtoafricamovie.com, sign up, go in there and click the box. Social media is great. 
follow us too, but tap in, leave those emails so we can get direct contacts, you know, the exact day. But all I'm going to say right now is we're planning a nice rollout for November, and you would get it exactly. You know, COVID just made us really adjust the plan, you know, but I was determined to make sure that I wouldn't let it, you know, go by the wayside or fall off or hit the shelf. So, yeah, everything happened in its proper time. Like, you can't stop what God got for you, like Absolutely. they say. And everything lined up as it was supposed to line up. So now I'm able to sit back and, and, and anticipate November, but a couple of things I can't speak on. There you but go. Yeah, you got to tease us then. Okay, well, that means you got to, once it releases, man, I'll be, I'll, once, it, once it releases, man, I'll be uh, pulling your coattail again to have you back on to actually talk about it and uh, maybe have a Q&A. Um, but certainly want to support that uh, project and be surrounding it. But tell us uh, about your background. So you're this producer of the Coming uh, to Africa film, but tell us a little bit, a bit about your background, because I understand you did some studies in Arkansas where I went to school at. <laughs> well, the thing is, actually, I'm a professor in Arkansas, and I saw that, that you went to Pine Bluff. So shout out to Pine Bluff. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah, down the road in West Memphis, because I stay in Memphis now. Okay. So I teach there in West Memphis at the college. And I'm born and raised in Racine, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and I came to Memphis for college. I have family here. I got ready to go to college. I wanted to come to the South like a lot of us did. Yeah. Uh, we are the, the return migration children. So the ones who migrated north, our parents, a lot of us came back. So I fell in love with the South. I used to already come and visit anyway, you know people here, everybody come and visit your family, but I came down here to go to college, and then I stayed, so um, I did that, um, my first degrees were in English, my original background was English, I was teaching English in public schools, went back, got a master's in English, became an English professor, so English was my life, writing was always my thing, more than anything, I didn't know exactly which thing that I wrote would, you know, take me wherever I wanted to go, but I was just happy with the journey and knowing I was blessed with the ability to write. I'm like, I'm going to ride this whichever way it takes. So that took me from a little with this to the hip hop, to MCN, to, you know, independent record label, releasing several CDs, the soundtrack of my first movie. So as I transitioned into movies, I went to film school. I fell in love with it. And since I had that heart for writing, I said with the music, okay, I can put, you know, I can do songs when I feel like it. But mm -hmm. I fell in love with the movies. I'm like, this is just another evolution of being able to tell stories and do those things. So, that led me to film school. That led me to, to doing films. I released my first film in 2010. Okay. Arrangements. Um, so this would be my fourth, uh, three features in a documentary. And uh, yeah, man, that's uh, that's pretty much how I got to this point. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot yeah. of twists and turns in between, man. But that's that's the overall background. That's that's amazing, man. West Memphis, uh, you know, that is Arkansas. So I yeah. uh, I, I saw that you were having ties there, and I'm like, oh man, we, we'll we'll talk Arkansas. Uh, but yeah, really, I go across I, that bridge every day. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a, that's amazing, man. I can't wait for this film to come up. And so you're doing different things, and, and you said that before you had four other. Oh, this is your fourth project. So what made you choose? And I got to go back to the film. But what made you choose to do? Uh, this film in, in, in Ghana. Had you traveled to Ghana before? No, I hadn't. I really, I give a lot of credit to Sister Soldier. I tell people she came to the University of Memphis in 2001 when I was first starting grad school, and she just gave a speech, and the, the, the thesis of her speech was returning to Africa, you mm -hmm. know, if not physically, just breaking down some cultural things and values and stuff that, that we could get back to this way of behaving 
you know, this is, you know, be beneficial to us. She was, she was talking about that. And she talked about how when she traveled to Africa, what her experience was. And it was funny. And she talked about how all of her friends were, when she said, oh, I'm going to Spain, or I'm going to Italy. These places, everybody was like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a great time. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Going to Africa. They say, like, what you going for? Are you all right? Are you sure? <laughs> Wait, you you going to be okay? You know, this whole thing. You know, she walked us through, you know, and she, she had a lot of humor in her experience, but she got her point across. And it let me know that wow, I, I've talked about it. A lot of people throw that around. One day I'll go to Africa, but I can honestly say here and there that one night made me take the idea a lot more seriously back in 2001. So, like I said, as me being a writer, my thing is always to take experiences and turn them into the next script, the next book, the next idea. So, I'm not sure we cut out and then had. I had a classmate end up going, and that's how I decided Ghana. And then I just wanted to tell the story in a comedic form, though. I didn't want to do a documentary. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do anything overly serious. I said, okay, let's let's do something that has a real message, is conscious, but I wanted to put it in a package where you can just watch it and enjoy it. And as a producer, I know that when we watch, for me, uh, you know, stuff on TV, I'm just kind of watching it uh, at face value. As a producer, man, I know that you're scrutinizing a lot of the things that we have on film. Netflix has stepped up and done a lot of exclusive uh, films. Um, what is your take on, or what are you watching? So what's on TV that, that you're watching that you like, yo, the production is just phenomenal? Man, uh, I'm suffering withdrawals from it, but I got to say Snowfall first. Oh, my God, brother. As far as television, hey, bro, I, I need that. Yeah. I'm mad at COVID for that yeah. one. Because Snowfall, man, I, I really love. I'm all about, again, I'm a, I'm a writer first and foremost. Rest and I love John character development. Rest in peace, John Singleton. Man, and, and that vision he had. But the thing about, he said that a lot in his interview. People were like, when your next movie going to come out? When your next movie? He was like, we're doing movies on TV now. He said mm-hmm. that the line is, is blurred now. They came closer and closer together. So every episode of Snowfall is a movie now, you know an hour movie or whatever, or the great TV shows are mini movies. They're writing them like they're movies. They're filming them on location like movies, you know. So um, that's one thing, man, is that, that stands out I'm above and beyond because, uh, you know, I'm picky when it comes. You know, certain TV shows, are, you know, if it's like a soap, soap operas had a purpose, right? They, mm-hmm. Certain things are shock man. People who watch soap operas watch it for certain things with different styles and categories. But I'm all about that character development and, Seeing somebody like that main character, Franklin, go from being the guy who could have been, mm-hmm. like one episode, he, he could have been the square. You, you was, you wasn't really about that life. And to show him go from this to this in a realist pace, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing melodramatic, over the top, so popular. Like it was a real transformation mm-hmm. where you could study this and say, okay, how could a black kid who's smart, who should have went to college, did? Why would he make these choices and start selling drugs? Mm-hmm. You know, you could look at that and say, I see how some people can, can go that way, you know, mm-hmm. when when they could have went this way or that way. So no, that's going to to me more than anything right now. And I guess the follow-up question to that, and it's, it's probably maybe answered, but I don't know if you answered it, but uh, each every episode of Finesse Media Podcast, uh, we talk to people that's finesse in the game. So, brother, I uh, thank you for, for joining the podcast because you're definitely somebody that's finesse in the game. But with sure. that being said, we always ask the finesse who is finessing the game for you? Who is that person that you're like, yo, 
that person is finessing the game. And not that you model after this person, but someone that you truly respect and you say, hey, they're finessing the game. So who's your finesse? Mm, man, I hate to have to put the RIP in front of it, mm-hmm. but it's Nip. I still got to say yeah. Nipsey Hustle, man. I When that happened, you know, it's funny with the Nipsey Hustle thing. I had a lot of conversations with people because a lot of people were like, well, I hadn't heard of him like that. Where did this come from? I don't really know him like that. I feel bad. I don't know him. I'm like, no, you shouldn't feel bad mm-hmm. because he got it the way he was finessing the game, as you yeah. just said. And his plan was coming. I look back at the double XL freshman cover and the people he was on the cover with, I think J. Cole, mm-hmm. Wiz Khalifa, mm-hmm. maybe Freddie Gibbs. It was his whole class. And he had a major deal when all of them had a major deal. So to really take a step back at that age and say, y'all let me out this contract. I'm going to do it this way and really build independently. So I used to say he was the first rapper I really, really, really looked like strategy and the $100 album and certain books and things marketed. And I was like, this is the first person younger than me. That's what I used to say. Not that nobody younger than you can't teach you. Know, but usually I'm like, well, I look up to certain dudes. And I was like, wow. So if you go back, my very first movie, Indie Memphis Film Festival, I tell people 2010, and they had a, a – it was a section, like, what's an independent artist or an album you think people should listen to? Mm-hmm. And I had that in there, the marathon, the original one. But this is way before most people heard of him, way before anything. But a lot of his moves and his strategy and things like that, I really were like, he was sharp. And I really, you know, like you say, not necessarily pattern myself after, but it showed me the certain levels to get to. Okay, don't just do this the way you had the marathon and turned it into victory lap. He had this plotted yep. for years to do victory lap. And victory lap was supposed to be probably five, six years ago, but he had the discipline to be like, no, that's not the right deal. I, no, I'm not just going to put another album out there. Mm-hmm. But he had been talking victory lap and he waited until he got it the way that it needed to be presented. And a lot of just things as far as that and the way he carried himself, I got to say him. And uh, I got a chance to go to his store, man. I got a chance to meet his brother, Sam, oh, before all of this. Like, I actually, before the Marathon store, and I got the picture and all that, the week before the Marathon store actually opened, we're doing a grand reopening, I came in there, I just happened to be out there. I'm like, I got to go by the Marathon store. There was boxes everywhere. Nothing was put up. And Brother Sam was in there by himself about to close the store at about 10-something. I went in there like, man, I left a copy of my book, Price's Dream, Dallas Cowboy number one fan. I wrote the biography of a wonderful woman. Uh, Miss Price, but I left the book finished. I did all this stuff. He's like, you're not going to be in L.A. next week? You need to see, come to the Grand Open. I'm like, no, I'm scared. Man, I'm out of here. I got to go back home. That was the week before, so I saw the store. When it wasn't ready yet, I bought my shirt just laying on the counter somewhere. Oh. They wasn't even set up yet, so he was somebody. I was like, we're going we gonna, to we gonna link up one day. We're going to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw him in a movie. I used to say this stuff five, six, seven, eight years ago for a lot of people who knew who he was, so yeah, that's that's the that's the person who finessed the game for me the most. Nipsey Hustle, man, definitely, uh, definitely. We had Lou Nell on last uh, season, and she talked about her relationship. In fact, it was the anniversary of Nipsey Hustle the day we interviewed him, and she talked about her connection being a block away from Slauson and hearing the shots and and just seeing everything fresh. Uh, but most respect and, and much respect uh, to, to Nipsey Hussle, man. He he coined that marathon continues, and I love that people are continuing that hashtag. So uh, Nipsey Hussle, uh, rest in peace, and definitely finesse the game uh, wherever his spirit is uh, is resting. And I would say, man, uh, to you, brother, continue to finesse the game. I can't wait for this new fam to drive coming to Africa this upcoming um, November. 
the date is TBA, but I know you'll keep me posted. And for those that's um, able to watch, um, no, I'm sorry, not able to watch, but for those that's watching us and for those that's listening to us, man, we got somebody that's finessing the game. I want please let people know how they can keep up with you and follow you on all of your projects and uh, even catch up because I got to, I guess I'll stay busy uh, with the other projects. Let us know how we can look at the other three films that you've done. Is that able to be seen online, YouTube? How can we watch the other projects? Uh, that's still for purchase online. So the others, you can just search the Amazon, you know, generally just uh, Funeral Arrangements is my first film. Okay. My second film was called Five Steps to a Conversation. Uh, my third film, my third film, I said this is the perfect time. I've had it up before, but I'm going to put this up for free. So look for this soon. It's called A Bitter Pill to Swallow. This is a documentary I did. When I did this a few years back, I said then, I mean, it was up for sale and streaming, but I, I said I don't care how much money I make. You know, I had a lot of family members and people around me affected with the pill epidemic before people were talking about the pill epidemic in that way. Mm. And it's still not the same pill before people were saying opioid epidemic and all of this stuff. So, man, it's, that's a real thing. So people just need to see that anyway. And that's something, you know, that's universal, but specifically to the black community. Mm-hmm. When certain stuff hit us, it hit us harder because we already have other things we're dealing with. So, you know, that's gasoline to the fire a lot of times. So, yeah, I, I said I'm going to put that back up. I need to uh, just put that up online. I'm going to put it on YouTube. It's already on Vimeo. I mean, you can go on Vimeo now, really, um, and see that. But I'll share the link. I need to put that back up on my website because that's a serious one. But other than that, social media, at Anwar Jameson, uh, Anwar Jameson, A-N-W-A-R, J-A-M-I-S-O-N. And, uh, yeah, you can look those projects up online. You can just Google them. It'll get you to them. Um, everything is for sale. Everything for sale. But I like to emphasize right now, though, this is some levels up. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I can't wait for y'all to see coming to Africa. I want y'all to see everything. But understand, I'm just happy. Like, this is when they say it's levels. You know, as long as you recognize what levels you're operating at, you have mm-hmm. your plan in your own mind, you don't have no illusions about where you stand. So I can comfortably say I stand on a foundation of doing this as an independent artist for 20 years. And the first time I released music, you know, I released my first music as a teenager, my own independent label. See, I had a website with music on it in 1999, like really, mm. as a teenager. I, you know, I've been a content creator for a while. We've been finessing the game for years. Yeah, so... uh but this one, this the crown jewel right yeah. now. It's one that I think is going to stand out and it's going to propel me to a lot of other things and allow me to, you know, to do a lot of other things and collaborate with people and help people because I just, bottom line to me, if you could sum up what I, the journey I've been on, it was I recognized early on I got this gift. God gave me this gift. This writing is going to get me into certain places. Mm-hmm. How can you use it to help your people? And I realized that from an early age, like Whatever I'm doing, music, books, whatever, film, how are you helping your people with it? So I'm proud. Like, this is one that I can stamp that. It's going to make an impact and allow us, you know, to do some other things and push forward. We're excited, man. Definitely here for Nest Media. We're excited. We got your back. Uh, once this episode airs, everyone can already see. We'll post it on our handler so they can follow you on your Twitter, Facebook, and your Instagram uh, and then also your website. And then I'll also be checking out um, some of the older projects uh, or recent projects, previous projects, I should say, that you worked on to get caught up on on your brand, brother. Again, thank you so much for joining uh, the Finesse Media Podcast. As we say to people as we sign out, man, we ain't telling you get by. We tell you see you later, man, and continue to finesse the game. And uh, we definitely love to have you back on in the future. 
name most definitely. Thank you for having me this time, and thank you in advance for having me that time. <laughs> definitely, man. So from Dallas, Texas, man, all the way from where are you now? You say you're in Memphis, Tennessee, right? Memphis, Tennessee. Down there in Tennessee, man. I hate we missed Memphis in May this year. God oh, damn. man. <laughs> oh, did you know they were honoring Ghana this year? No, I didn't know it. Memphis and May, the host country was Ghana this year. They postponed it for the whole year, so they're going to do it next year. But coming to Africa was going to be the closing night film. That was going to be the premiere. Oh, it was dude. the closing night film to the Memphis and May Festival because they were honoring Ghana. I'm like, what's the chances of them picking Ghana right with my movie ready? So that's crazy. But uh, but y'all got cool. time to, to, to do more with it and, and get ready for a bigger rollout or just a rollout for next year, right? Because you still are you a part of the project. Well, yeah, so yeah, they they postponed it, so I mean that you know I'm sure I'll, I'll be around in winter. But as far as the festival and hosting Ghana, they're planning that for next May also. And you know since the movie is already out, it's to give me a platform. And my ties in Ghana are even stronger. So who knows what we're going to do to commemorate that event? You know. No, everything <laughs> happened for a reason. I think, and and so they postponed it to I think I read was it October? That's what they initially wanted to do, but then they decided to just go ahead and do a full year. Okay. And make it in May again, 2021, but keep Ghana as the host country. So they're going to run it back next year. Oh, Hopefully I like it. going to be, you know, in a, in a condition where they can do it. Oh, I like that. My mom goes every year, man. And I'm from Chicago, Illinois, so. Uh, oh, see, Racine is an hour from Chicago. Oh, I already know. I, so we, you already? We would have went down a different path in the top part of the interview had I mentioned it. But when you said Racine, I go, see, this is my cousin. We got ties <laughs> in Arkansas. And we got ties in the Midwest. So, yeah, you right up the street, man. And uh, Wisconsin, y'all got to get y'all stuff together. You from Wisconsin <laughs> listening in. Get y'all stuff together because Kenosha was a whole fool. Uh, oh, that travesty that happened. So, uh, yeah, but from Chicago, Illinois, so I, I totally understand, um, you know, the drive and the hustle, man. Midwest people always say we hustle harder uh, than any other folks in the different regions, man. Yeah, we got a unique culture to it. Everybody got their style. Ours just hasn't been popularized as much in the movies and music as the Southwest to the East, but uh-huh. it's definitely a Midwest thing that we do, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we we behind the scenes or we in front of the scenes. We we doing our thing. So you you probably get a Chicago flavor and not know it, uh, or some influence by way of not even knowing, man. Because yes, and I always say you come from the Midwest and you go into any other state. Well, like I same for you. I went to Arkansas in two thousand three. And when I got there, I was like, yo, this is pretty nice. I'm going to come to Arkansas and uh, and really kind of did my thing down, down there at the university. But more importantly, it was so many other people from the Midwest and from Chicago and Kansas that was really just finessing the campus at the time, man. So we got a flavor about ourselves for sure, for sure, man. So it's good to good to have that uh, relationship and, and connection with you as well. I leave with that. And uh, I'm definitely going to be uh, supporting you all the way from Dallas, Texas, man. All right. Appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. If it's too easy, don't take it, brother. All right, now. <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all heard him, man. Right here on the Finesse Media Podcast on Season 3. We're uh, back with more guests and people that's finessing the game. So we'll see you next week. Same time, same place with another episode of Finesse Media Podcast Season 3. I'm Juan Jameson. Thank you so much for coming on to the Finesse Media Podcast. What a great interview, and definitely we'll see you next week with something brand new. Finesse Media Podcast Season 3. I'm your boy, Ken Finesse Media, and I'm out the door. Close the show, Badu. We out.